Welcome back to another episode of the Mouth of the South podcast. I am your host, Darian Gray, and as the title may suggest, I am the Mouth of the South. Thank you guys for going on this journey with me, and we hit a little bump in the road. I really wanted to win this game. I can't believe that the New Orleans Saints lost to the New- to the Atlanta Falcons 27-25. This hurts, and... I can't tell you that I didn't see it coming as the game progressed. But I also can't tell you that that doesn't make it hurt any less. I can't say that. Because this is a painful loss. But in good news, before I started recording this podcast tonight, I went into the bathroom, I used the restroom, and I saw this candle. And I said, let's, let's light up the candle. And it smells good. So I'm recording today's podcast by candlelight. That's a little bit of good news, you know. I said, man, who would have thought just taking a restroom break before recording the podcast would have led to me lighting up a nice little candle. Um, not going to tell you what it is because I don't give out free promotion here. But if you want to know what it is, just you know, hit me up. Uh, South Exclusives on Twitter, un- underscore Mouth of the South on Instagram. It's been a while since I've given out my actual Twitter and Instagram handles on here. used to be pretty regular. I used to try to do it almost every episode, but... It's been a while, so I was a little rusty. I had to remember what my Instagram was for a second. But overall, man, this candle's nice. Even if it, my smell ain't the best, but I like this one. When I'm looking at this New Orleans Saints game, though, too little, too late. That's the quote of the week. That's the name of this episode, too little, too late, because that's what it was. All the efforts were too little, too late. And yes, I understand that the Saints had the lead with 61 seconds left. However, if you don't put yourself in this position to start with, you're not in that position then. It's all about how things started, with which is why that game was that close. Now I'll get to that. I think that would be my main event. Obviously, everybody wants to know about the wide receiving core. And there was other guys dropping passes if you ask Sean Payton, but... Let's be specific, or let's 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 get specific if that's how you want to do it. Pass catchers are not good for this team. There was a good amount of time when the best pass catchers on this team were Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. So I don't care if people other than receivers were dropping passes. Those guys were tight ends. And I understand that we don't talk about them that much, Sean, but those guys aren't good either. But that will be my main event. That would be the, the main course to what, what you're coming here for. But I'll start it off with the defense. Or more so, I'll start it off with this. I'll start it off with something that nobody saw that's listening to this podcast. Where I was when I was recording it. And if you did see me, next time I'm in Carrollton or if I'm in a Grand Prairie location, show some love. Let me know that you're out there. You know, Mouth of the South. I'll be in a daiquiri shop. Grand Prairie, and then the Daiquiri Shop in Carrollton, Texas, alternating weekends for right now. I think, I'm not sure which one I'll be landing in forever, but I work with this crew, the Spot on Sports crew. Look them up on YouTube, Instagram. I work with them, and we have a location, Saints Games, every week in the Daiquiri Shop. Like I said, the locations in Grand Prairie, Carrollton. This was my first week. I wasn't feeling that good. I was a little bit under the weather. Last week, so I was I missed the first event, which was in Grand Prairie. So my first time was in Carrollton, and it felt like I was in a crowd. It's 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 a different feeling. Usually, I sit in the house and I watch the game, 
but to be there in in the game live, kind of commentating a little bit, kind of like if you watch Monday Night Football, me and my guy Anthony, um, it was like the it was like the Manning cast in a way where the game's going on and we're talking. Obviously, we don't have crazy guests coming on and everything, but that's kind of how it is. We're not just commentating the game straightforward, just on this play. All right, three yards. Just kind of discussing. Discussing. I would I would kind of relate it to the scouts feed if you watched Amazon Prime as well. That's something else I would uh, relate it to. If you watch the Amazon Prime version of Thursday Night Football, you can watch the scouts feed. I think it was very similar to that, where it's it's you're just kind of talking while the game's going on. It's commentary, as if you're just sitting there talking with your homeboy, because that's what I was doing. I was sitting there talking with my homeboy, so it's very similar to that. But that kind of it was different because I was there, I was I was working, but it's a very festive environment. And like when that pass happened, and Jonathan Vilma said you could feel the air get sucked out of the Superdome. The air was sucked out of that room, too. It's just, it's so much different than watching a game at home, sitting on my couch. It's just me and my dad watching the game. Now I'm watching the game, talking about the game, sitting next to somebody, talking about the game. And it's a hundred some odd people in there watching the game. DJ's playing music every commercial break. It's a party environment. But I think talking about the game for me was a little bit of a easier transition into doing the podcast because I was talking about the game all the time. I had to. Now, of course, I talk when I'm just me and my dad, but it's different when I'm actually trying to break down stuff and feel like I have to talk about these things for the crowd because they can hear me. So all that being said, the environment was so much different. I just wanted to point out to that. Now we can transition into the game. And I want to start off with the defensive side of the ball because when I look at the defensive side of the ball, this wasn't a great game. I didn't think it was a bad game. But it was a bad game for the standard that they have put up, especially over the last two weeks with the Monday night football game against the Seattle Seahawks and then the, the Sunday game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now games like this look like, oh, my gosh, they'll bounce back. And yeah, I think they will bounce back. But I think that... When you look at the Saints' defense, we're used to them absolutely dominating and suffocating people. And that just simply was not the case. And this isn't even about how many points are put on the board, even though I'm about to make a point about that. But you look at it, the Saints scored, I mean, excuse me, the Saints scored 36 points last week against the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They allowed 27. In this game as well, they allowed 27. But this 27 felt a lot worse. Maybe it was because of the lack of talent, seemingly, on that Atlanta offense and the fact that Tampa Bay was missing Antonio Brown, Robert Gronkowski left early in the game, and they still felt like they had loads of weapons. So maybe that's the difference on why you, you're, you're more accepting of the 27s. But when I look at it, the Falcons scored on five out of 11 of their drives. If you take out the one that starts on the three-yard line, they scored on four out of 10. That's not bad. Four out of 10, that you, you'll take that. But if you're not just looking at the scoring drives, there was a couple of miscues, three specifically, that I have to point out. And I mean, this this is a pretty cut and dry game, so I don't expect this podcast to be too long. Now, granted, back in the day when I used to say I didn't expect it to be too long, it went on forever. But I don't, I really don't think it's going to take that much because it's pretty cut and dry. 
I don't think there's a lot of intricacies to this game. I think you look at this game and it's simple. Defensively, there was three huge miscues throughout the game. Not specific plays, but more so themes of things that went wrong. Number one, for a lot of the time, Matt Ryan was, for a lot of the game, excuse me, Matt Ryan was taking what he wanted in the middle. It just felt like if he wanted something in the middle of the field, he took it. Matt Ryan ended up the, ended out the game with 23 completions on 30 attempts, 343 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. That's not good. You can't you can't take that because Matt Ryan is 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 a guy you got to get on his back. You've had so much success getting to him. And I felt like there was pressure, but they could never bring him down. They could never bring him down and it led to him getting whatever he wanted. Number two, they did not eliminate big plays. You look at the first drive of the game, Cordero Patterson had a big play, and Kyle Pitts dropped a big play. And then Kyle Pitts ended up getting another one, 39-yard 30 yard catch. You have to eliminate big, big plays in this. You have to make them methodically go down the field, and they simply did not do that. I thought that that was a big weak spot because when you look at it, those, those plays or those drives – they only resulted in three points, but it gave confidence to them really early in the game that they could go down there and that they could be effective. Now, of course, you had a 12-play drive to close out, or excuse me, a 15-play drive to close out the half, and that leads me into my biggest point defensively is they came up short at the absolute worst time to come up short. 10-0 at the end of the half felt like 21-0. It felt so damning because the offense wasn't getting it going. I didn't have any confidence that the offense was going to get it going. And you allow that five-minute touchdown drive to end the half. You want momentum going into halftime. That took anything away. Any kind of momentum you could have hoped to get because you're just coming off of a, of a three and out. And you're thinking maybe you can get the ball back because your defense has played well. They only allowed a field goal up to that point. You still got five minutes, five and a half minutes on the, on, the, on the clock. They let him come down, score, touchdown, drip it all the way down to there's only six seconds left on the clock. It's like, oh, that, it left a sour taste. It's like, oh, man. But you can't play like that. Marshawn Lattimore getting beat by, by Zacchaeus in the back of the, end, back of the end zone and got routed by Zacchaeus. You can't allow that. I didn't think Marshawn played a good game today. Um, I don't know what the, the exact yards are on him and everything. I thought he started the game really poor. I thought he started the game really poorly. And then obviously, playing bad at the worst time, Boston Debo, a guy who you didn't see anything from all the game. And when I say anything, I don't mean he was just bad the whole game. I mean, literally, I just did not hear his name. Didn't feel like the ball was getting thrown to him. I don't know what, maybe he was handling business. But on the last drive, he decides to look at the quarterback instead of looking at his man, and Cordero Patterson just runs by him. He just runs by Paulson Adebo. And you can't allow that to happen when they don't need anything more than a field goal. And I felt this was bad. As soon as the, as as the two-point conversion failed, it was like, I don't know, man. Didn't feel good because I felt they could get three. And they got three. On the first play, they, they threw it down there, 61-yard completion, an explosive play 
on Paulson Debo's worst play of the game and probably his only bad play of the game. So it, it's tough. But you can't have a bad play in that moment. You can't, you can't accept that. So those were my three things that I felt like were really bad with the defense, and they were thematic. They kept going on throughout the game. Number one, they couldn't get Matt Ryan down. I mean, let's get that out the way. I should have added that number one, so maybe it's four of them. But they couldn't get Matt Ryan down. But they also let him get what he wanted across the middle. Number two, or three, three, excuse me. They didn't eliminate big plays. And number four, when the moment was the biggest, at the end of the half and at the end of the game, they came up the smallest. And that's really what did them in. Defensively, I thought they played decent. They, they didn't allow much, much scoring. But when it was the biggest moments in the game, they messed up. Now let's get into the offense because I think the offense, though the Saints defense gave it up at the very end, I think offensively they lost this game with how poorly they played in the first half. Now I'm going to go through all of the first half possessions. I'm going to go through all of them. And I'm going to break down why I just felt like this is where you lost the game. But number one, it was all about unforced errors. Passing the ball, I think they started defending the run better. Atlanta started defending the run better. But passing the ball, all unforced errors. And it eventually led to where you could not get away or where you had to get away from the run. So let's go through, let's go through these, these possessions to start off the game. First possession of the game for the New Orleans Saints. You have seven plays, 30 yards, and a punt. The, the offense was flowing. It was going. And then you look at he tries to throw a ball deep for Kenny Stills. No, no, excuse me. He throws a ball short to Adam Troutman. Dropped. Kenny Stills. He throws the ball deep. It was somewhat of a, a bracket where the cornerback was trailing. The safety was over the top. You couldn't lead him forward. So he puts it on the back shoulder. I thought Kenny Stills had enough body control. He did to stop, catch the ball, went right through his hands. Another drop. Yes, you're only on the, the 39-yard line at the time, but the ball was deep. You're in Atlanta field. You're in Atlanta uh, territory now. You might be able to, in the way it's going, especially how you're running the ball, I think you can get points. But nope, you dropped the pass. Two of them. Two of them. Because the first Troutman in his, uh, drop would have been close to, to first down. And at worst, you could have probably ran it to get a first down. But no, you dropped the pass. So take those points off the board if you're going to get any. The next drive, you get into a, a long first and 25 situation. Can't run, which is your bread and butter. Now you have to pass the ball. It's not working out too, too great. Un unforced error again. This time it's not a drop. This time it's actually holding, creating penalties, which is a big problem. When you look at the Saints, they had a lot of penalties and they had a turnover, two things that they did not have against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They went 3-for-10 on, on, on third down, 0-for-1 on fourth down. When you look at penalties, I got the numbers right in front of me. They had 10 penalties for 74 yards. Atlanta ended up making up the difference for 6-for-76 at the end. But for the most part, they had way more penalty yards than Atlanta. They had a turnover, a fumble that led to seven points because it drove down to like the three-yard line. All of these, now the turnover is not an unforced error, but all of these other plays are unforced errors. Holding, false start, 
Those are how it goes. So now let's get back to these possessions to start off the game. Then you got downs, and this is the most infuriating one. You throw a pass to Traquan Smith. That was a good play by A.J. Terrell. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. I'm not only going to bring up the Saints messing up. I want to also give credit where credit is due, and credit is due to A.J. Terrell. He had three pass breakups. I think one was legit. I think the other two you can kind of blame on Trevor Simeon. I thought he was late on a, on a comeback route to Marquez Callaway, but still kudos to, to Terrell for, for closing, though I thought it was late. And then the last one, Kenny Stills was open. You just got to lead him. That's supposed to either go out the end zone or into Kenny Stills' hands, and Lord knows what happens when it hits Kenny Stills' hands. But at that point, they were catching the passes, so maybe they would have actually caught that touchdown. It was an underthrown ball, basically thrown right to Terrell, led to another pass breakup. Honestly, could have been an interception. But that was a good pass. That was a good pass breakup by A.J. Terrell. Then on fourth and three, he throws a perfect pass to Adam Troutman. Dropped. And I think that was the worst drop of them all. Like, I can excuse the Deontay Harris drop. I don't really excuse nobody else. But I excuse the Deontay Harris drop. He was sliding. Still should have caught it, but okay, whatever. And I think that was on uh, the 25, one of the third and 25. I don't know. I could be wrong. But I don't have to. I don't want to go look at it right now. But it was it was, it was was a drop nonetheless. But Adam Troutman, you're on their 36-yard line. You have room to run. That's points. But nope, the Saints are still down because now you're still down 3 nothing. Three and out on the next drive you have. That was the most egregious drive because you had the ball in Atlanta territory and you got negative two yards. Holding, by the way. You had another holding situation. Unforced error. Kicked in the butt. Now in the second half, you start heating up. But I don't know how many drops I just, how many drops that I just pointed out, but they had five drops in the first half. And I'm sorry. I had to go through each and every drive so you could know that all of those drives, except for one, or maybe even that one, was hampered by unforced errors. The first drive, stopped by a drop. The second drive, stopped by a drop. Excuse me, I'm my second drive, second drive stopped by penalties. Third drive, stopped by a drop. Fourth drop, or fourth penalty. I can't talk today. Excuse me, guys. I apologize. The fourth drive stopped by penalty. And then the last one is just in the end of the half. But you have four drives where I think we're promising, except for maybe the last one because you went three and out, but you got a, a penalty. You had a holding on the second play. Got behind the sticks. So it's disappointing. But I felt like there was reason for it. There was reason for excitement i thought you look at trevor simeon i thought he was gonna look way worse he actually looks really good and if you're looking at this game as a audition for odell beckham jr there's two ways i can see odell looking at it on one hand i could see him saying oh okay this quarterback can get me the ball he clearly can get the guys the ball they're dropping it that's on them i play receiver them dropping it does not lead to me dropping it that's about me I want to be here with Sean Payton. If he can get me as open as those guys were, I'm going to catch those passes. That's the belief in himself. But then on the other hand, I could see him saying, well, you know, I don't want to be the savior. 
I don't want to have to come in and get all the attention because nobody else is a threat other than Deontay Harris. He might not want to he might not want to do that. Now nothing has told me in his personality that he would shy away from that challenge. I think he's a a, a, a top tier competitor. I know that he wants to go and he wants to be the best. That's never doubted. That's never been doubted to me. I know he has this Hollywood complex, and I think there's some truth to it. I don't think that's all he is, but I think there's some truth to it. And overall, he's a hard worker. I think he's a guy who wants to go out there and compete and win. So I don't think he'll shy away from a comp uh, a challenge. Rather, it's not really a competition, but it's a challenge of knowing that he's the only guy out there. But yeah, man, y'all y'all forgive me for some of these shorter podcasts lately. I haven't been feeling the greatest. I, like I said, I was under the weather last week. I still kind of feel some of the effects in my throat a little bit. So I'm trying to keep these podcasts a little bit shorter until I'm feeling better. But then also I want to give you guys content because you guys deserve it. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all riding with me. Listen to my podcast. If y'all told a friend, I appreciate it. If you haven't, please tell one. But I appreciate you for your ear. Because y'all here, man. But tap in, share it with a friend. And y'all know the drill. Till next time y'all hear me, run it back. It's been Darian Gray, the mouth of the South. Beneath. Blessed.